Welcome into the St. Xavier Basketball Podcast with the head coach Ryan Fleming. I'm Richard Skinner along with St. X students Jack Snyder and Cameron Lewis from ESPX. You can catch their work coming up on Tuesday night when the Bombers travel to Mason for a road game. And we'll get to that game in just a little bit. But coming off a 56-54 win over Lakota East on Saturday in the Ohio Valley Hoops Classic, I guess I'll start with a generic question, Ryan, of what did you like and what did you not like about your team's performance? I know you had to like the win at least. Yeah, very happy to be sitting here at 1-0 right now. Um, very pleased with our first half and, frankly, not pleased with our second half. Um, you know, we did a lot of good things early, really took care of the ball, really maximized um, every possession that we had uh, to get scoring opportunities. And, you know, we were lucky enough to make some shots <clears throat> well in, in that first half. The second half um, got ourselves off to a bad start. The first two, three minutes, we we just we didn't take care of the ball. We didn't get stops. Um, you know, dumb coach got a technical. So it, it really we we really put ourselves in a hole and we had a 15 for we had a 15 point lead and that evaporated to about a six point lead in, in two or three game minutes. So um, a lot of good things happened, a lot of things that we need to work on. But as you said, we're 1-0 on Monday morning. That's a good good spot to be in. So people who have watched me coach um, are surprised that I literally have five technical fouls called me in my lifetime. I'm pretty good at knowing where the line is. I'm guessing you do, too. You must have. Did you cross it in a hurry or, or was it a slow buildup? No, I I didn't. Uh, you know, I, I quite frankly, I didn't even acknowledge the officials up to that point. And, um, and I kind of smacked my hands together and I think he took that as me waving him off so um you know we'll talk about it next time I see him but it's not it, it, it wasn't demonstrative or anything like that and I I'm usually good with with just talking to him and that's kind of how I was going but I think there was some miscommunication with my hand gesture yeah I've done I've gotten two for the wave off they don't like the wave off at all I I, yeah. I know that for a fact yeah. uh Jack you were at the game uh got a question for coach on what you saw uh, yeah, I just I was there. I got there around the start of the second quarter. And I know you mentioned Wassler bringing the ball up in the last week during your podcast, but he just seemed pretty fluid. And I know there was one play where he caught it on the left wing and just drove baseline and blew past his defender. And then another where Dealey kind of popped it to him. He had a nice quick three. Um, Has he been working on that his game this summer? It, it seemed like he was a lot more comfortable outside the perimeter. Yeah, you know, um, Wass does have a lot of perimeter skills, and I think part of that is due to he, he's really, even though he's always been the, a big guy, he's he's played a lot of guard position going back to um, his days at visitation where he went to grade school. So um, it's for us, it's been more of developing his back to the basket game um, because he has had some perimeter skills in terms of ball handling, passing, and, and perimeter shots. Um, but that that definitely did help us, and it gave us a spark. He had a really nice take on the far side in the second quarter, and like you said, stepping into a feet set inside out three was it was a really good look. And you know, I think that second quarter we had three or four threes that that we made that all came from the inside out with really good shooters stepping into them, and um, that that really helped us grow our lead uh, early first half. Ryan, you got a point. Obviously, this is when the games come fast and you're game planning for an opponent and trying to work on some of that stuff in practice. But is there a point of emphasis uh, maybe coming out of Saturday's game you want to maybe work on a little bit today in a, in a session or two? 
Yeah, you know, part of our problem in the second quarter was that, you know, East did a really good job of pressuring and, and being in a scramble mode defense where they're trapping first pass and, and really rotating up. And, you know, to, to a fault of, of me as the head coach and our staff as coaches, we did not do a good job of preparing our guys for that scramble mode type of situation. We did not work on it near as enough as, as we would have liked to be prepared in that case. So um, being able to, to handle the pressure in the backcourt and, and pass out of it um, and, and then attack with numbers um, and then getting ourselves organized and getting some spots where we are, you know, there, there was many times where we were getting trapped in the corner. We'd have, a couple guys along the sideline and another guy on the far sideline where we're really putting the ball handler in such a bad spot because we're not giving him opportunities to pass out of it. So while, yes, he is credited with the turnover, it's really the other three who are not in proper positioning that that give us that turnover. Um, and then the other thing is just just decision-making on when to attack, on, on when to shoot. And you know, we, we tried to use it in football terms in our film session yesterday morning about, you know, when it, when it's first and 10 in football in the first quarter, the whole playbook's open. You know, you, you can run the ball, you can pass it, you can throw a screen, you can do whatever. When it's first and 10 with two minutes left in the fourth quarter and the other team has only one timeout left, the, the whole play, playbook is not open. Sometimes you need to eat the pass and say, we're going to run, make them use their timeouts and we're going to run it again and eat that clock up. And we didn't do a good job of understanding time and situation, when to attack, when, what's a good shot in the first quarter is not always a good shot in the fourth quarter, especially coming off of quick possession, turnover, quick possession. We probably need to take our time and get ourselves organized. Fans probably noticed this on, on Saturday. There is a new rule in high school basketball this season in, in terms of the foul situation where uh, teams get to 5,000 a quarter and it's, there's no longer the one and one it becomes a, a two shot foul from that point out the rest of the quarter, but then it does reset. So if you get to, you know, eight or 9,000 quarter, number one, a team isn't spending the whole second quarter shooting the double bonus allows you to defend coaching through that the first time. Did you like it a going into the season, knowing this and did you, do you like it or dislike it now that you've seen it in action? Yeah, going into the season, I've liked it. Um, you know, my sister plays college basketball, so I've seen I've seen the rule in in women's college basketball for the past few years, and you know, I think I think it's a good rule. I think that um, you know the the team that's ahead late in games is always going to like it. The team that's trailing may not, but you know, in the third quarter, I think we had somewhere eight, nine, or ten fouls in the third quarter alone, um, and. You know, we had an offensive foul. We had a technical that added those two to our t total team fouls. Last year, we would have had it in the fourth quarter, and they would have been two shot throughout. Um, and so this year, it, it resets. And I think the the reset is a really good rule because you know it keeps the flow of the game going. It doesn't become a free throw shooting contest. Um, you know, I think on on Friday, Xavier was in the double bonus with. Um, you know, 10 or 12 minutes yeah. left. And it was, it just seemed like it was foul shooting, foul shooting, foul shooting. So it really opens up the game and the flow a, lot of, a, a little bit more. So uh, I'm, I'm all for, I'm all for the two shot and reset. All right. A couple of games this week, starting tomorrow night at Mason. Uh, they're coming off of a win over Taft 80 to 59. 
Um, you know, sometimes hard to see just by raw numbers, but they did force 21 turnovers. 14 of those were steals. They held Taft under 30% shooting, and they had a great performance from 6'5", senior Ben Menker, 33 points, 10 rebounds, four assists. Uh, what what challenge does does Mason pose on Tuesday night? Yeah, um, Menker had an unbelievable game. Um, we got to see them late Friday night play against Taft, and he really scored it well. He was very aggressive, very assertive. Um, so we're going to have our hands full trying to trying to match up with him and and uh, keep him in front and try to take away his scoring. Um, their their style, along with with how Taft was playing, um, is a lot like what what East did in the in the second half. So um, trying to get ourselves ready to to handle the scramble, to handle the pressure, um, denying denying reversals and denying one pass away is going to be something that. Uh, we got to get ourselves ready for with Mason on Tuesday. Interesting enough, obviously, the, the event you're at Saturday was held at Mason. So even though this is a road game for you, you have familiarity with the gym. Do you believe that can help a little bit or no? Yeah, I, I don't think it's a, it's a negative. Um, you know, Mason's obviously played there a lot more than we have. But I, I do think that, you know, we're going to be in the same locker room or we, we know where we're sitting because we're the, the guest team and, um, you know, I think there's a little bit of an advantage there. I don't, I don't know how much it'll impact it, but we're, we're, we're more comfortable there than we are elsewhere, being it's our second game there in three days. Yeah, exactly. Cam, you got a question for Coach? Yeah, so going into Mason, they forced a, a, a lot of turnovers from Taft, but they also had 22 turnovers of their own. How much does knowing they're a bit turnover prone go into your defensive game planning? You know, some of that, some of that is Taft style. Um, Taft really does a good job of speeding people up and 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 making you play at a, a pace you're not ready for. Um, you know, they they have a lot more quickness and and athleticism than we do. So that while while seeing that and and understanding they they can be sped up. Um, at the same time, it's not necessarily our strength. Um, but we will use that in terms of ball pressure and um, being able to to get out in gaps a little bit in our half court setting to to really uh, challenge them a little bit and and pressure some guys that that we think have the ability to pressure. So, um, but being able to see it live Friday was helpful. But uh, keeping in the back of our mind, you know, we have to do what makes us successful and we have to play to our strengths of our size and. Um, you know, for trying to get that first rebound while we, we have our defense set. So, um, you know, we, 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 can, we can use that a little bit as we head into practice today for, for some things to work on. You got these two games in, in as you mentioned, kind of a three-day span, and it, it comes quick. You do at least, I guess, after the Mason game, you're going to have a, a bit of a break until Saturday when you, when you play Cooper. Um, does that allow you, before I get to the Cooper game itself, does that allow you to maybe do some things fundamentally for a day or so before you start game planning for Cooper? You, you like that? And, and again, when you got this condensed circumstance, it's literally probably just game prep, game prep, let's go. Um, that can sometimes be tough, especially early in the season when there's so many things off of game one you want to correct. Yeah, and you know when you when you get into the groove, you know when I was at Oak Hills and there's thirty league games in the GMC, it feels like you yeah. go Tuesday, Friday, Tuesday, Friday, and you have a set schedule and you have a routine. Um, you know, it, it is nice to be able to to take a step back, and you know we we get to on Wednesday we get to have a day off where the kids can go to school and go home, and 
you know, our football players didn't get to do that, you know, in football that you don't have that ability. And we get to give them that ability to be home by four or four 30 and rest and relax and then jump back into Thursday. Um, But it, it has, it has been nice to, to work on us, you know, work on what we need to get better at. How can we improve? How can we focus on us versus focus on another team, which, you know, at this point in the season, getting ourselves right is a lot more important than being prepared for what the other team does, in, in, in our opinion. You probably haven't delved too much into Cooper, but that's the next game on the schedule Saturday in the John Turner Classic at Newport, another one of those kind of showcase events, which I, I really like those. I mean, you guys are obviously at the one at Mason and, and, and this one coming up, the John Turner Classic as well. This is a really good team. For those who don't know, they were a game away from going to the state tournament last year, and in Kentucky the state tournament is – uh, there's there's no classes. It's just one class, and it's a big deal to 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 go to state. It's only 16 teams go, and they were one game away uh, from that. Got a good core back. They beat uh, always a tough St. Henry team in their opener, 63-49. And then in the event that you were at over the weekend, they played on Sunday, lost to a really good Delaware Christian team, 60-54 in overtime. What do you know of Cooper? They still got to play Elder tomorrow. They, I mean, he is Tim Sullivan, the head coach, I know real well. He has beefed up the schedule to start this season, man. Yeah, uh, Tim Sullivan does an unbelievable job. Their their guards are they're, the way that they develop their guards over there is is very very impressive. They had they had two guys playing high major basketball last year from that are Cooper grads. Um, you know, offensively they they are they are a tough assignment. They're 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 very good offensively. Um, got we we had a couple guys go out and see them at Mason yesterday. Um, just to get some get some eyes on them live, but um, yeah, they're, it, it's going to be it's going to be a tough matchup. They can all score it well. They they really space the floor well and shoot it well. Um, they were also in the state finals in football on Saturday, so um, we will probably see some new faces coming back from from that football team that we may not be ready for, we may not be prepared for, but. It's part of working on us right now to, to get ourselves ready. But, you know, both games offer offer some serious challenges to our defense and um, being able to change game plan and, and get ourselves ready to guard, um, you know, Manker in particular Tuesday and being able to focus on, um, I forget his name at the time, but the, the top guard on Cooper who had yeah, a really- Yeah, Yamil Rondo, and I was going to mention him. He played Rondo. on the Puerto Rican U, U18 or U17 national team over the summer, which uh, was a big deal. He had to go make that team and, and he made it. So that'll tell you how good that kid is. Yeah. He's, he's, he's an impressive, and he's a really impressive guard. Just, just as Perry was on Saturday for East, you know, he a lot of respect for Perry after that game. He, he was, he was very tough. Jack got another question for coach. Yeah. Uh, you're talking about Perry defensively or offensively, such a great player. And you guys have Manker coming up against Mason. I noticed that it was usually Braden and uh, Weber guarding Perry, I, I guess, Defensively, that's kind of what they're used to playing on the defensive side in football. Um, are they going to be the two primary defenders for the most part this season, or is that just kind of how it worked out against East? Yeah, I, we we rotated um, Weber, Braden, and Dealey some um, onto Perry, and and those are probably our three best um, wing defenders. Um, we'll use Luke Claire some as as a bigger guy for with with the length that he has. Um, but yeah, th- those Bra- Braden Weber and you know, Dealey got himself in foul trouble trying to chase chase Perry around, and he had, Dealey did a great job on him in the first half. We held him to five points, um, 
but those three guys will will be our any any perimeter got player wing guard those will those will be um those will be our 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 main defenders for them and one thing that I that I want to give a shout out to to our guys there's there's four guys in particular who won't show up in the box score because they, they didn't log a minute on Saturday but Will Goshorn, Dom Sedoti, Townsbury, and Camsey. Those four guys, along with Charlie Gruber, a sophomore that's dressing with us and playing JV. Those five, those five did an unbelievable job of getting us ready and giving um, giving us a look for Lakota East. And there, there were some days where we just couldn't guard those five. And um, you know, Gruber and Gruber and Sedoti alternating as to who would be Trey Perry. Um, they they did a really good job of of getting us ready, and they deserve a ton of credit. And you know, they're not, like I said, they're not going to get it in a box score. They're not going to get it in in anything that goes out to the media. But you know, they have a tremendous value on our team of of getting getting us ready and getting us ready to to see what the other team giving us a look and. You know, as that happens, you do play yourself into into some playing time. Right along those lines, um, I mean, there's a lot of truth to what you're saying. It's nice that you log those guys because it, you know, look, we I think every coach would love to have five dudes, right? And those are my guys, and we're we're really good because of those guys. It does no good if there's five dudes and eight others who can't challenge those guys in practice. So those guys are important. They're 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 so important, and there there's value in all 13 guys that we have. And, um, we're lucky enough that we have 13 guys that are buying into their role and buying into their duties on on how they can help this team. And um, I can't tell you how many compliments that our bench got um, in terms of excitement and celebration and and just being excited about you know our team's success. And you know, you take somebody like like Jacob Wassler who. Once I'm, I'm sure he he would want more minutes than he had on 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 Saturday night, but got a, he got a couple questionable calls going against them and got himself in foul trouble and ended up fouling out early. He was the most excited doing the hand celebrations while he was over there on, on the bench. Which you know you go back and watch the film and one play in particular, fish hit a big three right in front of our bench and. The players, the coaches, Mike Gordon, our trainer, the the JV coaches that were sitting behind us, you know, just the way that they were into the game and engaged and excited for for somebody else um, is, you know, makes me very happy. And it, it's really cool to watch it on film. Cam, you got a final question for coach? Yeah, just looking at the box score for Mason's game versus Taft, obviously the score is eye popping 80 to 59. Looks like a blowout. You look in the box score, Mason shot 38 free throws over the course of the game, made 26 of them. Um, obviously, you you have to give Taft, you know, they fouled a lot. But also, how important is it knowing that, you know, that offense maybe isn't as dangerous as the final score suggests? Yeah, we, yeah we, we have to make sure we do a good job of defend without fouling, um, trying to keep them in front and, and keep them – try to force them into some contested perimeter shots and contested two two point field goals but um you know uh, we like I said I was we were there live and and they have some some high powered offense and they play fast and we got to sprint back and get matched in transition try to be 5 on 5 in transition and then use our size to advantage really keeping the ball in front 
Listen, congratulations on the, the win over Lakota East. I, I know if it was 56-54 the other way, you'd still have the same stuff to correct, but it always feels better when it's a, a W. That's what you're playing for. Um, so certainly a great start and another big test this week. Mason on the road on Tuesday night and Cooper over at Newport High School on Saturday. Um, we mentioned this last week, right out of the shoot, it doesn't get very easy for you guys, but you're going to find out probably what, you, what you're made of after a, a week or so, what you got and who can go to battle for you. Yeah, and, you know, when we're sitting in that Mason locker room on Saturday and, you know, we're 1-0 and and we get to learn, for, especially from that second half, what we can improve on. And, you know, East is 0-1 and they get to learn as well. We're, we're very excited that we get to learn off of a win. Um, it's it's something that we're, we're lucky that we do. You know, it was a one-point one, one game in East ball under a minute and we got we got to stop and we got out of there with the win. So we, we get to figure it out. We get to be in some early season adversity. Um, you know, the I think Mason calls it the black hole or the black comets or whatever it may be in their student section that um, they always do a good job. Um, with with bringing a crowd and, and having that game intense and meaningful so hopefully we can get some some of our student body out there um you know i, I promise to to the student body and to, to the community this is a team that is easy to get behind for they they give you everything they got they're flying around on both ends of the floor and um very unselfish and willing to to do what it takes to to get the team um, to, to, to perform at the best level. So we, we would love to have uh, more students. We'd love to have more community out there at the game. If you can't make it, you can catch the broadcast on ESPX with Jack Snyder, Cam Lewis, and the crew. Thank them for being with us today. Thanks for the head coach, Ryan Fleming. I'm Richard Skinner. This has been the St. Xavier Basketball Podcast from ESP Media.